As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The Lexus NX is crafted to take on the modern adventure called life. Alexa, what's the quickest route home? With Amazon Alexa compatibility and the advanced Lexus safety system, the Lexus NX is modern utility for the modern world. Because modern obstacles require modern solutions. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Click the banner to discover more. Amazon Alexa and all related logos are trademarks of Amazon.com Inc. or its affiliates. Not all Amazon Alexa functionality is available for in-vehicle use. Hi there, my name's Jack, and I love horrible movies. Each week on the Horrible Movie Podcast, producer Phil, a guest, and I talk about a horrible movie. We talk about the actors, directors, the budget, the box office, and like thereof. You also get silly songs, fake commercials, and too much fun to list on this promo. Available everywhere you get your podcast. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that can't wait for the sequel, Coke vs. Pepsi, it's Sif Pop. We didn't start the fire. No, no. It's always been burning. (laughs) Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live. Most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's the miles to my Shelby, Andrew Ormsby. And each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Hello. How's it going, Ken? Oh, all right. I'm ready for a podcast. Today is one I'm ready for. Uh, we're gonna have a good one. We're gonna talk Ford v Ferrari. Yeah. Wait, is it Ford v or Ford versus? I think it's VS. Um, you know, which stands for versus, right? So my children grew up saying verse. Like I'm gonna verse him in Super Mario, you know, Brothers. Or I guess I'm it gonna... is Ford v Ferrari. Is it just the V? V. It's interesting because I, I just I was like. It's I, I've never heard it calling versing someone, but they were just like they took verses, you know, yeah. and kind of shortened it up. So I think versing is more along the lines of like lyric, lyrically, you know, like a verse, well, yeah, in a like song, a chorus, yeah, as opposed to chorusing. Yeah, you're versing. Yeah, yeah. totally. I get it. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Mandalorian today. Yeah. A couple episodes out of that. So we'll chat that. And then uh, we've got, of course, our buried treasure at the end. But let's kick it off with some Do We Care? Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick some topics for us to discuss, and we must decide, do we care or not? Number one. 
want Nicolas Cage to star as Nicolas Cage in new <laughs> Lionsgate meta film about the actor Nicolas Cage wanting a role in Tarantino's newest film, but his imaginary 90s egotistical persona is keep is continuously ragging on him for making such bad movies throughout the year. Is it, is, the years. Do they just is the movie just named Meta? Yeah. It just should just be named Meta. It sounds like the if there was ever a movie that was designed for me, <laughs> this is it. You know my love for Nick Cage and bad Nick Cage movies. Uh-huh. Yeah. And a meta bad Nick Cage movie just sounds like the greatest thing. Who's doing this again? Uh Lionsgate. Alright. Does it is have a director attached? I don't think so, not yet. Uh, okay. Um, Who wrote it? Lionsgate. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. This is just an idea then. No, no, no. It's this in is, production. This, somebody's throwing... How's it in production without a director? Give me two seconds. I'm going to... Uh, you're going to make me work. Fine. Oh, okay. So you think there is a director. You just you didn't have it in front of you. Exactly. Okay, yeah. all right. And it's supposed to... I'm imagining it'll come out in like a year or so. Yeah. Or something like that. It's probably in the early Unless stages. Unless Clint Eastwood's going to make it, then it's <laughs> right. going to be three weeks. Right. Yeah. Call back to the members only pre show. Yeah. Call Ford. Because yeah, exactly. we time travel here. Nick Cage to play Nicolas Cage in a movie where Nicolas Cage wants to. What's it called again? Uh, the movie is called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Okay. Yeah. The meta movie will follow Nick Cage. Uh. <sighs> Nope, I'm not seeing anything about. Yeah, I it's think just, it's I just, think this is just an idea at this point. Yeah, um, for what it says is uh, Nick Cage is known for movies such as Con Air. <laughs> I'm like, if you're gonna pick a movie for Nick Cage, I don't know if Con Air would be the first one. But I think the reason why they were talking about this being like a crazy idea is because he's already done a meta version of a movie like this with you know an alter ego, quote unquote. Sure. You know, Adaptation. Such a good movie. I mean, yeah. the guy knows how to do it, so there you go. Well, definitely one to uh, keep our eye on. Oh, trust me. I'm going to be following this one <laughs> very, very acutely. Number two? Number two. Thousands of Disney Plus accounts are being hacked and sold on the dark web. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> what, how is that? I don't, I don't, you're asking me how to hack? No, no, no. I'm saying, what is that even? I don't even understand how you sell a Disney Plus account. I don't know. I'm, I don't know how dark web stuff works. <laughs> Maybe they maybe wampum is the currency of the dark web. I don't know. I will, I will say this: it's been fascinating to see. Uh, everybody knew it was going to be big, but even Disney seems to be like, "Whoa, whoa, wait a second, guys! Yeah. This is this is even a little bigger than we were expecting." Yeah, like they said something like the initial numbers were over ten million, like right out of the gate, and it's yeah. cli- like climbing super fast. Yeah. And isn't Netflix like at forty million? Something like that. Yeah, like that's. I, I, that's kind of mind blowing that they would. I think they'll be half Netflix within the first month of being out. Oh yeah, that's that's kind of insane. Well, I don't know because of how many devices and you know accounts you can have. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, ten million might be cl- not close to peak, but uh, I think that you're going to see a lot of people just sharing oh, Disney, yeah. yeah, as opposed to Do they, what is their max? Is it I six? Ten. You get ten accounts. I think it's ten. Good night. Yeah. But that's on, you know, multiple devices and stuff You know stuff what would like be that. a great idea with that many accounts is selling accounts on the dark web. Yeah. You sell it 10 different times. Yeah. I mean, 
That's just money right there. That's what that is. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that, that, I mean, I guess it doesn't surprise me. Have you had would... any issues with Disney Plus? I haven't. No. Okay. I've heard there were launch issues for a couple hours. I at had least, a, but... I had a couple issues that lasted a couple days, but they're well, all ten gone million now. people trying to access it all at once. Yeah, exactly. Um, my I had an issue where uh, every single time I started a video, subtitles would already be turned on. Ooh. Yeah, and I had to do this whole rigmarole of like changing the password and uh, account settings and it took forever but no finally got it taken care of nice i had to turn my subtitles on oh really yeah well i always use subtitles for everything yeah yeah for everything really yeah i am learning so much about you in like (laughs) the last five seconds aaron it's, it's rather recent for me um i it's it's one of those things where i was uh, there were enough times where i was rewinding to try to hear what somebody was saying because they said it too fast or with a different accent or whatever i was just like i'm just gonna throw subtitles on and then i know for sure what people are saying and i've caught so much more with the subtitles on like things in the background that you don't necessarily catch yeah it's it's really it's really interesting subtitles are interesting i love them i mean like whenever i know i'm jumping ahead here but like whenever Werner herzog is talking i'll have to turn on subtitles even though (laughs) he's technically speaking in english that's right but um (laughs) that's uh that's interesting i i hate subtitles for the simple fact that it i can't focus on two things at once so like i'll only Mm -hmm. be focused on the subtitles yeah after a while that goes away though after a while you only look at them when like you need them like you want to know what was said i don't read fast Mm. so like i'm struggling to keep up with the subtitles and i'm it, it feels more like i'm just reading as opposed to actually watching something right because it feels if, like you're doing work yeah because even if it's in english and the subtitles are down i'll just my brain automatically looks straight down at the subtitles yeah so that's a big problem for me but i'm learning a lot about you aaron that i did not know <laughs> like i said it's a fairly recent development but yeah. i like it number three yep marky mark has been cast as sully in tom holland's uncharted i didn't know the pilot that saved that plane in the hudson river was in uncharted that's yeah. amazing no that's sully oh sorry who is this marky mark mark Wahlberg. yeah but you said they were playing sully Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sullenberger. Sully Sullenberger. Yeah. 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 I'm picking up what you're putting down now. It took me two seconds. Oh, I... it's not that. It's the, oh, it's the monster. It's the big blue monster. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that was in Uncharted either. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Uh, I heard rumblings that this is awful casting. Now, I wouldn't know because I've never played the game. Yeah. But it seemed like there was a big uproar about this being really horrible casting. Yeah, because Sully is, okay, here's why I think people are, are upset. In the games, Sully is an old curmudgeon. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, ah, you crazy kid, you know, stuff like that. But you got to remember, in those games, uh, Nathan Drake is like 35 or 40, you know. He's not a young chap, and this is young Nathan Drake. So if Nathan Drake, who's played by Tom Holland, is in his early 20s, then yeah, Sully's going to be younger too. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, he's not a Bostonian or anything like that. He's just a cigar smoking dude with a mustache. So, you don't think it's that bad? I, I'm going to pull an Aaron here. Nice. We'll just have to wait and see. Thank you. We'll I love see. it. Yeah. Oh, rub it off on yeah, you, buddy. I, I mean, I like Mark Wahlberg. Uh, I just saw something with him in it recently. I'm like, oh, there's. Oh, yeah, I saw um, Invincible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Disney Plus, I'm just going back and I'm watching all those movies I never got a chance to see. Yeah. It was okay. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is okay. Well, Most I'm, of those sports movies are pretty good. I know. That's why I was like, ooh, Disney, they made Miracle. Miracle's one of the best sports movies ever. Yeah. And uh, Invincible, not so much. There's a lot of good ones. Like Million Dollar Arm is really good. There's a lot of those. Uh, what's the one about the runners? McFarland or something? Oh, yeah. Um, well, McFarland's the one with the plane crash, isn't it? With, uh, the, with the football? No. No. Oh. Yeah, that was something else. But anyways, I, I love a lot of those sports yeah. movies that Disney does. But uh, back to uh, M- Mark Wahlberg here. I, yeah, um, I could see why people, because if you have that mentality going in, like you want an already old Sully, then yeah, it's terrible casting. But if this is young Nathan Drake, then who knows? I, we'll wait and see. Yes. Aaron Dicer, 2020. Wait and see. Yep. Judge something. After you've seen yeah. it, rather than before. Yeah. Imagine that concept. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm excited for Uncharted. I love Tom Holland. Yeah. So, and he's he's our like perfect modern like Michael J. Fox, you know, yeah. kind of fun character to watch. So I'm excited to see it happen. Yeah. I also think that just Nathan Drake being ca- Tom Holland being cast as Nathan Drake, even a young Nathan Drake, is interesting. Because yeah, it's a little different, right? It is different because. Nathan Drake is pretty straightforward Indiana Jones. Right. With more, like, charisma. He's like a, if Star-Lord were um, Indiana Jones. Right. Everybody talks about how Nathan Fillion would have been perfect. Oh, yeah. He would have been perfect. That kind of thing. But, you know, if he would have been perfect, like, 15 years ago. Right. So, Holland's a little different than that. He's He's a little little quirkier. Yeah. (laughs) Mark Wahlberg is definitely different than Sully. (laughs) Bring it on. What I'm afraid of is, you know, the continuation of bad, you know, video game movies. Yeah. But... Yeah, who knows? Who knows? They could prove us all wrong. And that's going to wrap it up for Duva Care. Cool. Let's do. Uh, let's talk about a movie, shall we? Okay. Let's talk about Ford v. Ferrari. We're going to bury Ferrari at Le Mans. So the great Carol Shelby is going to build a car to beat Ferrari with a Ford. Correct. And how long did you tell them you needed? Two or three hundred years? Ninety days. <laughs> Ford hates guys like us because we're different. American automotive designer Carol Shelby and fearless British race car driver Ken Miles battle corporate interference, the laws of physics, and their own personal demons to build a revolutionary vehicle for the Fode, Fode? Mm-hmm. for the Fode Motor Company. The Fode. Fo- the Fode Mo- Mortar <laughs> Company. No, Fode Motor. Fode Motor. Uh, together they plan to compete against the race cars of Enzo Ferrari at the 24 Hours of Le Mans in France in 1966. Uh, what, like 53 years ago? Something like that. It's so, been a minute. Been half a century since yeah. this happened. It is based on a true story. Yeah. Um, and it comes to us from Mangold, James Mangold. He's made a few. He's made some movies. Yeah. And stars uh, Christian Bale. Matt Damon and Christian Matt Bale. Matt Damon. Uh, as the two leads. What did you think? Did you like it? Dislike it? Uh, hate it? Loved it? It was just okay? I thought it was okay. Just Okay. I know I am like right, right down the middle, just okay. Close, close, uh, okay, okay, really high side of okay. Okay, close high to side like of it. Oh, close okay, to good. like yeah, it. Yeah, close. It makes me feel a little better. Yeah, I love this like to the moon. I this was so much fun for me. I know. I, I know you, I'm the only one. No, no, no. You, I mean, I don't think you're the only one. 
Um, I do think you're in the minority from yeah. what I can tell. People do seem to really enjoy this movie. And I was definitely, my wife and I both were deaf. We were just buzzing after this movie. We had such a good time. Yeah. I think I, I tweeted to somebody who also said that they liked it. It's just great when a movie just shows up and does its job. And this movie just like shows up and does its job. <laughs> <When> it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> this movie should have been called Ford v. Ford. Well, yeah. Okay, so wait. that The title is what takes it all the way down for you? If this movie really... I'm going to get into it right now. You know what? If this no, movie... No, go for it. It's obviously, it's yeah. obviously like the, the... Whatever the, the triggering part of your dislike yeah. is. Yeah. Because the movie is called Ford v. Ferrari. I want to see a... It, it falsified what this movie was about. This movie barely deals with Ferrari at all. You know, like they're a driving force in the background. I mm-hmm. would, if you really want a competitive racing movie, look at something like Rush, where you have a definitive character and another definitive character who are just going at to try and be the best, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas in this movie, it's Ferrari is really just in the background while Ford trips over themselves for an entire movie, you know? So the movie should have been Ford v. Ford. The whole movie is based around uh, uh, Carol Shelby, who's played by Matt Damon, mm-hmm. uh, is hired by Ford to make a pristine racing car, the GT40, to beat Ferrari. the Enzo Ferrari yes. at Le Mans. That's the title, yeah, Ford, Ford v. Ferrari. Ferrari, yes. Yeah, so, but then technically the movie's title is only about, like, 15, 20 minutes of this movie. The whole movie, for me, is Ford and the corporate, you know, ladder trying to get in the way of everything that, you know, Shelby and Ken Miles are trying to do. And if that's the movie you want to make, then fine, but don't try and sell it as this competition between two corporations, because that's not what the movie is. Well, I will tell you, uh, I never felt any of that in the title like like that the movie was trying to sell me something that it d- didn't deliver yeah like that's really strange to me and maybe it's in the trailer because i didn't see the trailer no it's not really in the trailer it's just you're literally just going by the title of the movie and oh i'm sorry that-, that a title of a movie is supposed to no, make me expect what a movie's do you about like the shawshank redemption like that is a horrible title. A movie can be poorly titled and still be amazing. Like, doesn't the movie itself get to get to decide like what it wants to be? Like, does it have to go along to what the the title made you think about? No, not exactly. Okay. Yeah, but do you think that would have been a better movie if it was Ford v Ferrari in the way that you anticipated it? Yeah. Okay. Because, okay, here's the thing, Ferrari. Like when you hear the name Ferrari, I mean. That's exciting. The yeah. name itself is exciting. And you have a movie that has the ability to get that, you know, that rivalry, you know, to build this rivalry between Ford Automotive, which biggest car company ever, you know, mm-hmm. versus little Ferrari. You know, for people may not realize this, Ferrari is a very tiny company, but they make the best cars, you know, uh, they they have substituted quantity for quality. Yes, and that's the exact opposite of what Ford's focus right. was at the time. And the movie does go into this, yeah, a little okay. bit, but a lot of it. It's like a huge portion of the movie. 
Like I, it's it, can, go ahead and continue. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just I just I did not see the same movie you did. It's very yeah. fascinating to me. Don't forget, I do like this movie, but <laughs> yes. I have on the high side of it was okay. Yes. High side of it was okay. Yeah, this whole movie is based around a billionaire getting his feelings hurt from by Ferrari. Ferrari, and he is. Huh? He's Henry Ford. Ford. So I don't understand. That's that is it's Ford v Ferrari. The whole it's the whole impetus of the film. Okay, but they're not the main characters. The main characters to it than that. The movie goes to a bunch of different interesting human places. But yeah, but not with those guys. Sure, it does. Ferrari is a huge character in this movie all the way to the end. No, he's talked about. He's seen. He is all the way to the final race. He is there. There's a very specific moment, kind of, not trying to be too spoilery on a true story, but there's a very specific moment where he has a moment with Shelby, several moments with Shelby, actually, towards (laughs) the end there. Like, I don't, like, he is through the whole thing. No. It is also about how. Ford Motor Company was, you know, stumbling over themselves and that Shelby had to like drag them into making good race cars, but but that's all just like a like it's also about Miles's family. No, and, that's okay. See, here's the thing. This movie is about Ken Miles and Carol Shelby. Yes. That's what this movie's about. 100%. Yes. 100% agree. The backstory for this movie is Ford v Ferrari. Agree, 100%. Yes. So when you say the title of the movie is yes, it's technically Ford v Ferrari, it's just something in my mind's like going, but that's not what the movie is. The movie isn't Ford v Ferrari. The movie is but it's Shelby be Shelby Miles v Ford, pretty much, because <laughs> it's just it's just a worse title, that's all. No, okay, yes. It's okay. I'm getting completely off the title now, and I'm just moving okay, on to the okay. actual uh, premise of the movie. Yeah. If you want this movie to be about uh, competing against Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I'm about to say may make more sense of what my issue with the movie is. Sure, good. Um, so, if you want this movie to be about Ford v. Ferrari, I don't think that this movie focused enough on Ferrari as the main competition as it did as it... Because I think it focused enough on the fact that Ken Miles was always getting ragged on by Ford. Mm-hmm. and But it didn't focus on that enough it focused on both of those so much that I didn't know which was the main focus of the movie. Was the main focus Did you feel Carol like were... Shelby and Ken Miles, or was the main focus trying to beat Ferrari? You didn't feel like they worked together? Like, you felt like they were competing? Yes. Okay. Because... I had the exact opposite feeling. Really? I felt like the movie was very well integrated with both of those storylines. In fact, I found both of those storylines integral to each other. Like, I don't think you can have the Ken and Shelby... Um, you know, versus Ford storyline without the Ford versus Ferrari storyline. I think they're intertwined, and I thought the movie handled it pretty well. But I do understand that feeling of... Um, what do you want me to prioritize? Yeah, what, what do you want me to be thinking about movie? And I yeah. just, I'm just saying I didn't have that feeling with this movie. Yeah. So. Um, also, the movie doesn't give me any reason to, to root for Ford. Like... No, I totally agree. Ford's not the hero here. Yeah. Did you want Ford to be the hero? I think the movie wants you to think Ford is the hero here. Oh, no. Really? No, I think the opposite. I very much think the opposite. Ford is a pretty crappy dude. Yeah. 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 But he is like... 
I think that I'm actually going to totally disagree with you. I think that the movie wants you to root for, yes, Ken Miles and Shelby, but I also think the movie wants you to think that Ferrari is the villains in this. No. You, there is so much deference and respect paid to Enzo Ferrari in this movie. I was blown away by it. Like, I was like, oh, because they're, they they talk about, like you mentioned, the care they take with their vehicles. Yeah. They talk about, you know, this, you know, there's this one point where uh, uh, Ferrari has has words that he sends back to Ford yeah. that are delivered by Lee Iacocca, which, uh, you know, I thought that was a great performance. Oh, uh, Lee Iacocca played by... Um, um, his name's slipping my brain. Yeah, the but Punisher, Punisher, Frank Castle. Yeah. He's played by Frank Castle. <laughs> That's right. But anyway, so there's this moment where he sends words back to Ford and he tells him what the guy said. And I think in that moment, we're supposed to be... John Bernthal. Yeah, John Bernthal. I think in that moment, we're supposed to be like, yeah, Ferrari's got a point here. Like, I think the movie is very much saying, you know, when... When, uh, when he says, and this is a spoiler, whenever he says, you're not Henry Ford, you're Henry Ford II. Right, yeah. and Because everything else he said before, you know, was kind of like water off a duck's back. Sure. But when he said that, you could definitely see the change in his yeah. face. And But I, I really, for me, the movie was telling me, you're supposed to root for Ford. And not Ford, the motor company. You're supposed to root for Ford against Enzo. Man, I think there are several very specific moments in the movie that would go against that that reading. I I, I just I the I came away from the movie going, this this is a very interesting for me again look at like a balanced look at what corporate. Um, uh, like the, the, you know, the whole thing Ford is known for, the assembly line, just the, the idea yeah. of like, you know, quantity, quantity, cookie cutter, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's kind of, it kind of gives you that uh, American, you know, work ethic ideal and says, these are the negative parts of that too. These are the positive parts of that. Like, you know, kind of, there's a stubbornness to it that you may look up to, but at the same time, yeah. you know, here's all this stuff. So I actually really and like that. the movie that. can't pull a patriotic card on me. It can't say, well, you should root for Ford because, you know, the American dream, you right. know, against Italy. Do you well, think it tries? I'm just saying that. If the movie can't do that because right. Ford is such a crap, right. and they are so crappy to Kim Miles, who I'm rooting for, one right. of like the two people who I'm rooting for in this movie, and he's not American, so right. you can't pull that Patriot card on me either. I, I agree. I don't so, think the movie tries to. I think the movie's well aware of that. Yeah. But, ah, I'm, it's really hard for me to... No, it's okay. Without spoilers, you know. Yeah, 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 sure. But uh, I will say that well, the, spoil the, Ken the spoilers Miles, do help the cars yeah. go a little fast, you know. The, they keep them grounded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know that's what spoilers are for, right? Mm -hmm, sure. Yeah, they I, keep I us all grounded. I know, I know you're not a car guy. I'm so. not, which, which let me say this since you just said that. Yeah. I am not a car guy at all. Yeah. In this, in, or in racing especially, I... Pff, I don't understand people watching racing. It does not, like, I'm, I don't get NASCAR. I don't get it. I came through this movie, and I think one of the best things I can say about it is it almost made me fall in love with racing. I was like, like the way the care it took with understanding these human beings who are invested in it and the care it took in, in their relationship to it and the care it took in kind of explaining Le Mans and how that worked and you yeah. know all that kind of stuff. I was When a movie can do that, when it can bring me into a world that I just don't care about and make me care about it, yeah. I think that's a sign of good filmmaking, um, which is one of the many things I liked about this movie. Yeah. 
But for me, I think it just goes back to... By the way, we haven't even talked about performances. I think sure. Matt Damon is really good, but I think Christian Bale is a star here. I... I always come away from Christian Bale performances being like, is it possible he's the best actor ever? <laughs> like, it's just, yeah. I, it's, it's mind blowing. Like he's, I may have said this before. No, I've said this about Meryl Streep. I don't think I've ever said it about Christian Bale. It's kind of like he does Daniel Day-Lewis, but he does it every year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Daniel Day-Lewis. He's quantity and quality. <laughs> kind of, right? Yeah. Like Daniel Day-Lewis is the Ferrari model, you know, yeah. where it's like just every three years he completely becomes another person. Yeah. And uh, in Streep and Bale, I think, you know, have a little bit of Ford in him where, mm-hmm. you know, every once in a while one's going to roll off the assembly line. Maybe not as good as the others, but for yeah. the most part. They'll, they'll throw out a Terminator Genesis. <laughs> right. Yes. yes. <laughs> but for the most part, especially lately, I mean, he goes from from becoming Dick Cheney, you know, yeah. to becoming Ken Miles. And they're so different, but I believed 100 percent of both performances. Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah. yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. I'm, I'm My mind is blown by Christian. Bale. I'm not trying to take anything away from Matt Damon because he he became Carol Shelby in this. Sure, and uh, but it's more of an everyman performance. Like exactly. Damon is so great at those everyman performances. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I think that the performance that uh, Bale gives as Miles is very subtle. Yeah, because it's it gets into acting. his yeah. um, it gets into his personal family life where we never get that with Shelby. You know, mm-hmm. like his family is the Carol Shelby. In industry, you know, yeah. Um, when it's about when the movie's about those two guys and their dealings, I'm loving it. When it's about they pop on screen together, don't they? Oh, yeah, they're so good together, exactly. But when the movie goes to the whole corporate v corporate thing, that's when the movie loses me. Mm. So, if the movie focused more solely on those two guys, then I probably would have liked it a lot more. I, one of the things I have, one of those things, I like the movie. But, no, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. I get it. And especially I've to- totally been there when I like movies, when I uh, like movies okay, yeah. that everybody else is over the moon for. I yeah. get how it feels like you. everybody's going to think you hate the movie, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it, it feels different than everybody else. Um, Tracy Letts plays Henry Ford. Yeah. The second. Yeah. Deuce, as they, as they yeah. affectionately call him. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think he is great. Uh, Ray McKinnon plays phil remington yeah he's great he's really good i really enjoyed his performance uh josh lucas is kind of probably the villain of the movie yeah uh, playing leo bb yeah as bb and yeah so that's another thing you can't say that ford is the heroes because the main villain of the movie is bb who works for ford I don't disagree. I think where we disagree is I don't think the movie ever says Ford is the hero. Like, yeah. I don't think that that is ever part of this movie's intent. In fact, I, in fact, I felt the opposite many times through this movie. That's the thing. Based on specifically the fact that the, you know, yeah. the main villain is probably uh, one of their employees. Um, yeah. The stuff between Damon and Lucas uh, or BB and Shelby. Yeah. Is some of the best stuff in the movie to me. Uh, I just I love and Miles. I'll throw Miles in in there as well because he's like a, he's like the the card that is you know being dealt between these two guys. Like yeah, the reason for their contention contention for another. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I found a lot of that stuff fascinating. That back and forth fascinating. Um. I I really enjoyed the racing scenes. I thought I they was were just about to say yeah done really really well. Um, Le Mans seems like torture. 
I can't imagine 24. Now, uh, they do get breaks. Uh, the drivers the do. The drivers do. They switch off. But it's 24 hours straight of racing, which is yeah. kind of mind-blowing. Um, I think the the end... I haven't done the research on what is fudged and what is true in this movie. But the way this movie concludes, at least the racing part of this movie concludes, is yeah. fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, and... I think the movie very specifically leaves a lot off the page there about what was intentional, what wasn't intentional, yeah. because I don't think they want to be accused of libel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Possibly, although it's a movie, so I don't know that you could be. But um, but anyways... It's not saying it's a documentary. It's for correct, entertainment. It's for entertainment. And I was entertained. I also liked the kid. I thought the kid was great, too. And yeah. I was moved. I... I probably teared up two or three different times um, really? with the family stuff, especially in the friends stuff. There's some really great, you know, friend stuff in here. Um, I was I, I actually, really man, I don't hate this movie. But <laughs> it's okay. I had issues Speak with the family it. elements Speak of this movie because I didn't know what the wife's motives for this movie were. Because like sometimes some parts of the movie, she was like, you got to race, you got to race. And other parts of the movie, she's like, you got to stop racing. You got to stop racing. I'm like, you got to pick a lane. Hey, 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 that was that was actually not intentional. It just came out that way. But uh, but ninety nine percent of the family stuff really worked for me. Yeah, I, it worked for me. Here's the other thing I noticed, and I, this will be my last thing. Um, I think Mangold is really good at trusting his audience. Uh, he made a couple choices in this movie that I specifically noticed, and I'm sure that there are others. And I'm not going to give anything away just because of spoilers. Um, but there, there's a thing that movies do where they spoon feed the audience and bring you along, right? Are you talking about like car jargon and stuff like that? Like, uh, Sure, I'm not. Okay. But sure, that could be part of it. Yeah. But I'm thinking a very specific moment that a lot of movies have is when there's something that you're supposed to notice that is going to transition you into the next scene. And a movie will... Okay, come on. Right. And so, like, yeah. for instance, in this case, the movie will be focused on the actor who's kind of pondering. And then it'll shift focus to the background. Yeah. Like, or even they'll even do this. They'll have the actor turn and then it'll shift focus to what they're looking at on the background. And then the next scene will involve whatever they just saw. You know, kind of that movie moment. Yeah. There's a moment in this that I think was intended to be that way that Mangold cuts off before the object is in focus. And I noticed it in, in the theater. I was like, oh, that's, it was blurry in the background. I was like, that's what that is. And that's, you know, and then it was a big part of the next scene. And I know I'm speaking around it because it's kind of a spoiler, but it was one of those it, things. Okay, does it take place at night? It's towards the end of the movie, and no, it oh, doesn't okay. take place at night. But it was one of those things where I was just like, man, any other director would have just done the usual thing where you just kind of hold the audience's hand and bring them along. And he's like, no, 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 no. If they saw it in the background, then that's great. And if they didn't, I'm going to trust that the story is good enough that it will succeed even without that hand-holding. And I just, I don't know. He's I, I think I know what you're talking about now. He's really impressed me. Yeah. So it was in an office. He's always been a... Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Now now I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um there um Mangold has always had a very good eye when it comes to visuals going all the way back to 310 to Yuma. Mm -hmm. You know, that was I think that's the first He's just movie. He's a really that, good storyteller. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's the thing. It's showing that he knows how to work with Bale as well. Yeah. Going all the way back to the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I love Mangold. I think he's one of my favorite. He he's he can make a movie feel like a blockbuster even when it's not. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really hard to do. Going all the way back to people think lo, they look at Logan and they're like, yeah, that's it's a superhero movie, but it's also like one of the most humanized superhero movies out there because there's so much you know emotion and stuff going on within it you know it's not relying on big explosion and sky beams you know Mm -hmm. so yeah i like the guy and i like this movie yeah (laughs) yeah did you feel like the stuff you were distracted by was enough that you there were times you just weren't enjoying the movie were there moments where because i will say this about the movie i i enjoyed it all the way through, hundred percent. I was just having a great time. See, that's the thing. During while I was watching the movie, I was having a blast. It was after the fact I started thinking, thinking about, about it. it. That's what I wondered. That's what yeah. I wondered. Yeah, yeah. I just I I do think it's really well constructed, and I yeah. think you will have a great time watching it, even if afterwards, like Andrew, you have kind of some of these thoughts, like that's not the movie I you were trying to sell me on. Yeah, is that kind of what you were saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it was also the fact that Christian Bale and Matt Damon, just that chemistry between those two guys, is so good that I didn't have time to focus on the things yeah. that I eventually would come to think of like wait a minute hey <laughs> well it's a huge recommend for me i think I'd it's a recommend re- from, recommend from andrew it, yeah. as well uh, i'm just saying for me it's not going to be an awards contention it definitely will be for me yeah it'll definitely be up there in contention for me uh both performances and movie wise um i i really really enjoyed it it's one of my favorite of the year top five of the year really yeah that's yeah. cool yeah 100 percent. uh you ready to move on yeah all right let's do it let's talk about the mandalorian they said you were coming. They said you were the best in the Parsec. Would you agree? Mandalorian, look outside. They are waiting for you. Yeah? Good. A lone gunfighter makes his way through the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. Um, this is this is in the Star Wars universe, Andrew. Did you know that? What? <laughs> I haven't seen a lightsaber yet. <laughs> right. How can it be Star Wars? Yeah. Uh, so this is the Mandalorian. We're two episodes in. They released one with the release of Disney Plus on Tuesday and then another one on Friday. They will now come out weekly on Fridays, I believe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Fridays. Yeah. They are looking at uh, kind of short episode, short season kind of deal, which I love. I love yeah. that kind of compact storytelling. I think is great. Um, but let's talk about it. Did you uh, did you like it? Love it? Dislike it? Hate it? Or was just okay? I love it, man. <laughs> I really love it. Now, I get to be the one who sounds like I hate it, even though really? I liked it. I, I didn't love it. I did like it, though. I will put it firmly in the liked it um, yeah. liked it camp. I, I was bored a couple times, There's, which is weird for a show that's only a half hour long. Yeah. In both ep- in both episodes that are out, there are scenes in each, like one scene in each where I'm like, You're, it doesn't really fit the tone of yeah. everything else that you've done. Yeah. But that's my only hang up with the show so yeah. far. Yeah. But I my, can see how that could be a big issue for some people. My other hang up isn't, I'm not, I think I need more time with it, honestly. I don't think I can call it a negative yet until I see more because one of the other things is our main character is is a costume. 
it's it, like I haven't seen his face yet. You I know won't. what he looks like, you know. Yeah. And I won't at all. Well, the whole thing with Mandalorians is they never take off their armor. Well, certainly they take it off at some point, you know. Do they not have to go to the bathroom? Do they sleep with it on? It's space, do they, man. Do it's they make Star babies? <laughs> if you want to get into the physics of Star Wars, then we're going to have to go way beyond the whole Mandalorian well, never I'm not taking even off talking their armor. About practical reasons i i'm talking about performance reasons it's harder for me to buy into a performance when when somebody can't act with their face right like that's just i think that's a natural thing really yeah i don't have that effect like i look at v for vendetta and i think wow that's an amazing performance it is a great performance but it is handcuffed it is a handcuffed performance it's it's a higher level of difficulty so to pull something like i have a lot of respect for it but you are you are stripping an entire arsenal away from your actors when you take their face away from them now they've got it's just body mannerisms and voice right and those are great tools, and you can use those tools, but... Do you not do the thing where you just uh, put your own imagination to work and, like, say, I bet this is what their facial expression is right now? I don't now. like that. I don't... Really? It's, yeah, that's hard for me. I <laughs> I think I like it because it allows me to put myself in that character. Yeah. Like, if I look at V for Vendetta, yes, I don't sound like Hugo Weaving or even sound like Pedro Pascal, but you know that the mysteriousness of that character, the subtleness which, of, I'm like, oh, okay, I could, what if that's me in there, you know? Which makes sense if you're, you know, Master Chief from Halo or something, right? Like, where you're playing a game and you're supposed to be able to kind of be that person. Yeah. But in a movie, like, I don't know, I, I, the storytelling should take, you know... Uh, priority priority yeah. in some way. So what do you think about the story so far? The story is fine. Fine. Um, okay. Yeah, I am... I like the Old West aesthetic. I think that's, you know, that's really it's interesting. It's the grittiest Star Wars we've ever seen. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I... Uh, Shades of Firefly, which I loved, you know, kind of yeah. that sci-fi Old West combo kind of thing. There's a... A great twist at the end of the first episode that (laughs) is is really interesting and fun and something I didn't know I wanted, but I wanted, you know, and I love it when that kind of happens. I think episode two is better than episode one. Um, I really enjoyed the Nick Nolte stuff in uh, episode two. Do you think I have spoken is going to be the new like slang that's going to be going around like whenever you want to end a conversation with somebody you're just like i have spoken and then you just leave <laughs> you start using that on me on the podcast i'm probably gonna like andrew i totally disagree with you i have, I spo- have spoken. spoken yeah do you is that nick nolte like in the makeup and everything or do you think that i don't think so i think i think it's a digital creation i think it's nick nolte's voice. i could be wrong but i think it's nick nolte's voice i think that there's very minimalistic cgi going in this show i think they're they're using a lot of practical effects yep yep um carl weathers showing up a little bit werner herzog Herzog, uh probably my favorite scene in the movie Uh, there's just something i like how you call it a movie because it feels like listen if you don't know by listening to sif pop now that i call tv shows movies like it happens like every week so just just deal it's just that whole mentality like the caliber of television shows have reached that of movies now to where they feel like totally the the difference is is so slight now and i think star wars just kind of has that you know yeah 
Um, yeah, it was my favorite scene in the TV show uh, so yeah. far. Was the Werner Herzog scene there? She just has such a, a like a gravitas to him, a presence to him. Yeah, I love the way he talks. Um, oh yeah, that's yeah, good stuff. It's very Scythian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though we don't know like who he is or anything about hey, him, where, really. Where are we in the timeline with this? This takes place five years after Return, Return of, of the, the Jedi. Jedi. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. <clears throat> the Empire has just fallen. Yeah. So it's the New Republic. <sighs> yes. Yeah. Have you? How many times? have you watched each episode uh just once just once for each episode i've watched both five times each whoa yeah Yeah, you really liked it yeah because i'm I'm trying to pick up on all the subtleties like i'm I'm understanding beskar steel a little bit more and stuff like that now and like i've like studied more on like mandalorian culture and stuff like that yeah what is the um like there's the credits or the money kind of that yeah. they give and and at one point he makes armor out that's of it. beskar steel okay so mandalorians are the only people that should have that that beskar steel and we're not going to count this as spoilers are we i i mean no yeah it didn't it didn't feel like spoilers but in case people didn't. I mean, we've only seen two episodes there's not i mean there's one big spoiler we could spoil for you but we're not going to no 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 not here anyway right but um i think that well beskar steel is which they pronounce veskar with like a v but it's a b so maybe it's just accents you know Werner herzog can't pronounce a b <laughs> um but uh it's one of the strongest metals in the galaxy it can deflect a lightsaber like a a swing not like a lunge attack mm-hmm. it'll go through it but like um mandalorians are supposed to be the ones that have it nobody else should have it so like whenever he's offered and it's very rare so whenever he's offered you know this bounty and the payment is this beskar steel it's like yeah i gotta take it because this belongs to my people yeah and uh there's the empire credits is what carl weathers originally tries to pay him with and he's like yeah the empire's fallen so then he gives him these squishy squishy coins yeah <laughs> which i'm like okay you want some squish coins <laughs> which i don't know what those are right yeah but uh, i i love the whole mystery of everything because i enjoyed going back after watching each episode and learning you know like oh what is this best car steel and then i went online and i learned about it you know that's cool and i i had fun with that because <laughs> if there's one thing that star wars has always been good about and especially for me is piquing my curiosity and wanting me and giving me an incentive to learn more about yeah. everything because they'll give you just enough to where you understand what's going on but you also have just that, ooh, I, I could know more, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, like that I world learned, building kind of thing. I, like, I learned Boba Fett and Jango Fett weren't Mandalorians. They just stole Mandalorian armor. Hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yep. Well, how do you feel about... here? This is another slight negative for me, so I'm curious how you feel about it. Okay. I feel like the comedy is a little weird, especially in the yes. first episode. Yes. There's there's a... The, in the first episode, there's where he's trying to learn how to ride something that I'm like, this totally just doesn't m- mend well, or mesh got, with you've, everything. You've, you've got uh, Horatio Sands under a, a bunch of blue makeup, uh, cracking wise and talking about doing his yearly evacuation or whatever yeah. and that kind of stuff then you've got uh, oh that part i didn't mind well it's just we it's just like it's a weird 
I don't know. The tonal shift was a little weird for me. I don't think I didn't mind it. It was it was it was what it was. Yeah. But I also wasn't laughing, you know, hysterically th- at it. I don't think that that's meant to be. I never took that scene that you're talking about as a an comic attempt relief? to be comic relief. Really? Oh, I thought yeah. for sure that's what that was for. No, I th- actually I found found those scenes to be tension building. Uh, Brian like, Posehn shows up as a speeder. You know, yeah. pilot and Taika Waititi is a robot. Yeah, it's I don't know. I just I uh, there was something a little off about the humor for me, and maybe it'll grow on me. I think that w- the scenes where our Mandalorian is trying to learn how to ride a specific creature, mm-hmm. I think that that was like an attempt of humor. Like, uh, this this doesn't mesh with everything else. And then the beginning of the second episode where he's chasing something, you know, it seemed a little too. Uh, not slapsticky, but ridiculous. I guess is yeah. the best way to put it. And it didn't mesh with the rest of the episode. Um, yeah. But uh, there's there's just two scenes in each episode where I'm like, wow, I can't wait for more. Like the the final scene in the first episode, and there's a uh, there's a big fight scene in the second episode. I'm like, oh, I'm loving this so much. The underlying story that is unfolding is so great for me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're loving it so much. Uh, maybe as I get more into it, I'll have uh, have more fun with it. Yeah. Um, I will say time, that but... the more I watched it and the more I understood, the more I appreciated what was going on. Cool. Um, the next episode, I think, is directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh. Yeah. I've heard of her. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she's either those Howards know what they're doing. Yeah, either the third or the fourth episode is directed by her, I think, or it could be the fifth. For all I know, um, but Favreau's written all of them. Let's uh, let's check back in on this after the season. Yeah, let's uh, maybe even a few more episodes in. I don't know. We'll we'll check back with you on our thoughts on Mandalorian. It's definitely something we're both going to keep watching. Yeah. Uh, so we would like to uh, make sure we. We kind of chat about that if you want us to. Um, all right. Before we head on to our buried treasure, just a huge thank you to our Sif Pop members. You are amazing. If you want to be a member of Sif Pop, you can go to patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Starts at three bucks a month. Uh, we do a members only show uh, for the members. And we talked a little bit about uh, where we are in our awards season. Um thoughts yep. so we talked about what's up at the top of the list for us what we still haven't seen that kind of stuff for our member show uh you can listen to that at patreon.com slash sift pop uh also have your own individual podcast feed where all the bonus episodes show up as well as the regular episodes uh when you are a member plus other fun stuff as well that you can check out there it's patreon.com slash sift pop all right let's finish off with our uh, buried treasure what do you Shall got? We? I'll let you start. Um, the Servant, or Servant. Maybe it's just called Servant. M. Night Shyamalan's oh, yeah, yeah. Apple Plus show, uh, which I think comes out in about 10 days, something mm-hmm. like that, as we're recording this. Um, I'm not allowed to say a ton yet, still You've under embargo, <laughs> um, but I have seen it, and it is... How many episodes have you seen? I've seen eight Okay. Um, of the 10. I just haven't had time to watch the... Is it an anthology? I don't know. Okay. I, I I I don't know. Um I almost said I hope so. Uh but I'm not sure. Okay. Um this, I'll let, I I don't want to ask questions cuz I don't want to get the uh, I can't say sort of thing so I'll just well, let you do. Well, I can I think I just can't like officially review it. I think I'm allowed to kind of give general feelings. Um I I like him Night Shyamalan. I really do. I like his the way his stuff feels. It feels 
uh, it feels so patient when he makes stuff. Now, what's interesting is I'm talking a lot about M. Night. He didn't write this. He didn't direct he it. He produced it. He just produced this, but you can feel his fingertip, his fingerprints all over this. I think whenever there's some directors and writers who go on to produce things, and I think that they still, you know, they're there when it's getting made and they're, you know, putting their own spin on things. And he's definitely one that would do that, I think. I like the cast in this. Toby Kebbell, Rupert Grint, uh, Lauren Ambrose, uh, Nell Tiger Free, all um, here doing good work. So, I, yeah, I, I, it is definitely one, I would say, if you are an M. Night fan, uh, if you like his tone and the way his stuff feels. Um, the, the monotone. <laughs> yeah. No, no, honestly, because th- there came a point, I think, where where M. Night lovers diverged. There were some who were just like, uh, all of a sudden, the tone felt a little much like a parody of itself. Yeah. Which I get. I get how that can happen. It just, it, that never really clicked that way for me. I just, you know, it just continued to feel to me like M. Night making stuff. Yeah. Um, but if if you felt like the village was a little bit felt like a parody of itself in some ways. You may feel that about servant as well. And again, it's fascinating because he didn't direct this. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't even write it, but it feels so much like an M night property that you can tell he produced it. So that's cool. Yeah. Anyways, I wanted to give you a heads up on that one. It's uh, about 10 days away. Well, nice. Yeah. What do you got? I'm going to go with a new animated series on YouTube. Only one episode out. The next episode will drop in a year. (laughs) I'm not joking. But it's called Has Been Hotel. Okay. Um, This has been a very highly anticipated show coming out on YouTube. The main premise, um, the daughter of Satan, is. it takes place in hell. Um, I'm just going to give a warning right up front. It is intentionally... um, offensive the show is intentionally offensive because because it takes place in hell um pretty much the premise is the daughter of satan opens up a hotel in hell to help reform demons because hell is becoming so overcrowded she's trying to make demons nice so that they can go up to heaven and it sounds ridiculous and the show it is sounds, sounds like the good place. <laughs> it's which, by the way, we're on the last season, and I'm loving it. Yeah, it's so yeah. great. Um, but the show is so crazy and ridiculous with each demon having like their own personality and stuff. Like there's there's one guy in here. I'll just he's the radio demon. He's one of my favorite characters. I've seen in anything in a long time. And this is only one episode out right now. Yeah. But I am loving the show. There, yes, it is vulgar. It is definitely not going to get monetized on YouTube because <laughs> there's going to be parental warnings all over it. I just want to make sure everybody knows about that up front. But if you can get past that, I think you will see great potential with this property. All right. What's it called again? Has Been Hotel. H A Z B I N. All right. And you only have to wait one year for the second episode. Yeah. Easy peasy. Yep. Very nice. Well, we did it, man. Yeah, we did. We did a podcast. Woo! We went we went down the straightaway of Lamaze and yeah. cornered that turn. And, and there was the Mandalorian waiting for there us. There was the Mandalorian ready to shoot us down. Yep. Yep. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to Sif Pop today. We do appreciate you. Uh, it's part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out. Thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to Phil for producing the show. Yeah. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month and you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks including a monthly video hangout. You can find out more at patreon.com slash sifpop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can comment, rate, leave a review at Apple Podcasts. You can email us, feedback at sifpop.com. If you have a question or something you want us to talk about, make sure you drop us an email. Again, that's feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so let them know about it. And that listening is much easier than driving around in circles for 24 hours straight. Ugh. Uh, we will be back next week with a whole bunch of stuff, probably. Um, won't you knives, be my neighbor? Yeah, won't you be Frozen Two? Frozen Two. Knives Out. There's a knife. Well, there's a Knives Out. If, if you are you going to the the early screening? Because there's an early screening of Knives Out. Technically, it's not out for a couple weeks. Where but is it? I think Alamo it's AMC is AMC? the one that I saw, but you can look at. If it, I but, can uh, get a ticket, yeah, probably. So yeah, I'll let you know. There's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about next week. Yeah, we will see you then. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.